They arrested me and they put me in jail and they called my pappy to throw my bail. And he said, son, you're gonna drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod, Lincoln. It's May Day, right, Eric? Oh, yeah. Yeah. May, May the first, yeah. I, I didn't even know what May Day was until I was listening to your show today, Eric Von Hessler, along with Dan Elliott. I'm Doug Turnbull, and you're listening to the Five to Go podcast, where we bring you NASCAR or racing analysis and or racing analysis every week in some sort of official capacity because we're, we're official and we're saying we're we official. Are, and that yeah. makes us official. We're speaking our truths. Okay, that's what mm-hmm. we do. We, we we have this on wsbradio.com. You can hear us on iTunes and of course on goprn.com. Performance Racing Network gracious to host us there. I'm joined by the host of the Daily Von Hessler Doctrine on WSB Radio and all various forms in the podcast as well. Eric Von Hessler, he's on weekdays with WSB. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Good day. I'm glad to hear you. And, and of course, Dan Elliott joins us here in the mountains of Dawsonville. He's got wrenches in his hands. His hands are greasy, but he managed to be able to operate that smartphone just enough to talk to us here today. How you doing, Dano? Doing good. Y'all going to have to be quiet. I'm going to concentrate and make sure I get all the gears in this transmission. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We'll pipe down. Well, yeah. certainly. Well, we, of course, we're coming off a big Talladega race weekend, and every show or podcast that you're going to hear talking about that race is is going to break it down and analyze it to the tenth degree. I guess the only thing I could say about it, and I only could only listen. To, I was on the road. I could only listen to it on the radio. This it's week exciting our, to hear those races sister. on the radio. It actually. is, yeah. and I feel like my take for it is well, it's yeah, it kind of exciting. Not yeah. a lot of lead changes, but then people that watched on TV were complaining about too many commercials, and then they were complaining that just it wasn't the Talladega that we we're used to seeing. Ah, so. uh, you know what? I maybe. I would have to kind of disagree. I think I'm, I've been pretty negative over the last few weeks. I thought it was a decent race. There, there, were, there were moments where they lined up and, you know, did their little thing, do some laps. But I thought that there was some decent racing. It wasn't the greatest restrictor plate race I ever saw, but I thought it was a decent race. It was nice to see the grandstands full. Yes. Uh, it was nice. To, it was a beautiful day. So uh, I'm not going to be negative about it. I thought it was a decent race. Did you get to What watch is it? the seating capacity at Talladega now? What is it now? I don't know, but they did fill. <laughs> but my understanding is they also filled out the the infield. Yeah, I think that they filled a good bit of the grandstands and filled yeah. the. I went to the spring race and sat in the grandstands a year ago. Dale Jr. second to last Talladega race, and you've and there was I mean a ton of people there. Yeah, and we were like, okay, well Dale Jr.'s there, so and so they, they know it's coming to the end, and this is Junior Country. So to me, I'm encouraged that that many people decided to go all in on when, when the sport, except for maybe Chase Elliott, because he seems to be the de facto, he's probably going to be the popular guy, but the sport is sort of looking who's going to be the next yeah. big one driver we well, all gravitate to. they're doing something right so, there. I yeah. haven't been to a race there in quite some time, but they're doing something right as far as race weekend goes because Atlanta's been having trouble lately, and from my house, it's almost equidistant. It's yeah. almost as far to Atlanta Motor Speedway as it is, not quite, but almost as far as it is to go to Talladega, and when you see one, I, I don't know what they're doing because I haven't been out there, but uh, they seem to be doing something right because they've got yeah, a lot of people. Even in there. for us, we live further away from both, but we could drive to Talladega, and after the race, we could be back home an hour or two hours quicker than if we went to Atlanta and came home. Yeah. Maybe well, maybe the uh, the Atlanta traffic now leaving the track anyway yeah. is nothing like <laughs> because the crowds are nothing like they used to be. But yeah, certainly no, but it you, was a if you're coming north, you still have to deal with the downtown traffic. Yeah. 
Yeah. If only there were a traffic reporter we could oh, bring on. that we could trust. Analyze this. A That's voice the, that I could trust <laughs> about the traffic. <laughs> I, have, I feel less trust in my voice now that they say for the, the fireball song in those commercials. Okay, no. So. <laughs> I, every but, time I've been to Talladega, I, I do say it, I, I think that they really do it right. And there's nothing else. I, I love the people at Atlanta Motor Speedway. But you, it's easy to park there. It is. You can get in. You can get out. I mean, I'm talking about parking around this, the, the track, not so much inside the – and uh, I've found it just very, a very pleasurable experience. A lot of race fans, people who love racing, and uh, you know, yeah, that I've, I love Atlanta Motor Speedway as well. But it's pretty obvious that they haven't been packing in the people lately. Right. Do yeah, you believe that there might have been some burnt people at left Talladega? Oh so, yeah, that was a hot sunny day. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> summer, Yes, absolutely. So one thing that. To me, was kind of, I don't know if it was an actual realization or not. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I probably really knew this. When I went to the race last year, I, well, I take the times. So usually I try to go once every year or two and actually sit in the grandstands. And last year, I actually sat in the grandstands of two races at Las Vegas and at Talladega. No, didn't do the media thing. Didn't, I, you know, just, just went as just a fan. Just went in. Just went in. And it was. I want to see people be enthusiastic about good racing. And Talladega, I think, packs them in. That they may do things right, but they pack them in because everybody is right next to each other. I mean, on the racetrack, right? You know, they, yes. I mean, yes. It's you. There is no. There is high suspense about who's going to win. Even if Dale Jr., Brad Keselowski, or Joey Logano, or whoever is the best plate racer, quote unquote, there is just there is way more guarantee that the best person in Atlanta, Kevin Harvick, would would win <laughs> Atlanta yeah. than there is at Talladega because mm-hmm. anything can happen. And so I think that brings them there. But then I think, okay, so my reaction is is when Junior comes to the lead, right? That's when people get crazy or when their the driver they like. The biggest cheers were the Rex. Yeah. No doubt. It, I mean, cheers, like exultation. You're talking at Talladega? Uh, at Talladega. Or, right, yeah. At Talladega. And, and, and I think, and I didn't, I haven't sat in the stands in Atlanta in forever because I've got a lot of yeah. obligations in Atlanta. Yeah. I'm usually doing pit road for PRN. I really think, and to me, I'm like, okay, that's what's really get, getting everybody off here is is the wrecks. And it's like, yeah. there's well, just. <laughs> you got to remember, you got to remember, I, I've told you this before. I remember when I used to go dirt track when I was a kid in West Memphis, Arkansas. We used to go to Riverside Speedway, and on the sign it said, uh, thrills, spills, and chills, you know? Yeah. I mean, the spills are part of the, it's not tennis, you know, and that's it is part of it. Now, hopefully, no one wants to see anyone get hurt. No, I, I would hope it's not that sort of thing. Well, you but, know, I'm but, sure there's drivers they don't like, and people are like, yeah, yeah but you know, yeah, right, exactly. My mother they didn't just, like Dale Earnhardt. Like, she didn't want to see him die. Like carnage, you know, I though. mean, people like seeing yeah. that's what's in all the replays. But I was just thinking, if that's really what we're trying to, if that's what NASCAR has to guarantee fans yeah. to turn the the numbers of the sport around, like I just don't, I don't yeah, see a maybe. recipe there. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I I always feel a little bit bad because uh, I I enjoy watching restricted plate racing. I it, it's a fun television it event. Is. It's really fun. I sense that the drivers probably hate it. They do. And whether or not it's a real race, I get the purity of how it's not. Um, but you do get to see. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I think that you do get to see drivers show their skills, maybe who aren't in such great equipment, mm-hmm. because you've got an equality there, and you see it gives you an opportunity to, to take a look and say, well, given 
now this guy can I can actually see his driving skills because he can't nobody can get away from anyone else. So I can see how you act when you're suddenly sucked in the middle and things are moving around. You get a good idea of like who has some skills in some equipment that at other tracks they're not going to be in the picture. So right. Matt DiBenedetto at Richmond in the number thirty two Go Fast Racing Ford finished I think it was like nineteenth or sixteenth. Unimpressive by any metric, right. but. I listened to the NBC Sport NASCAR podcast with Nate Ryan the other day, and he was on there, and he's like, we fought our butts off to finish 16th, and we passed this guy, this guy, this guy, yeah. all these cars that have money. But that's obviously, I mean, in any but sport, I mean, that's not going to make it on TV, right? Sure. So when Matt Benedetto has it, to your point, uh, watching he has James Bush or mix it up with Kyle Bush, or, you know, <laughs> yeah. or uh, and Kyle I think uh, you you were you were uh, you you were you were listening, and Dan, you tell if you if you watch it, you think I think that was a tough race for those drivers. Those cars so. looked like they were very difficult to uh, to keep to keep uh, in shape and keep going straight. And I, I was watching that field thinking, man, there's a lot of good driving going on today. I, I really did have that feeling. Should mention Joey Logano won and broke his yes. year-long winless streak. Hey, Dan, was there a team that was as ticked off about adding restrictor plates in the late 1980s after Bobby Allison's crash than yours? Because you had that handled. <laughs> the Melling Racing team had it handled back then. And then was that – but that wasn't the equalizer then that it is now, right? No, it wasn't. Um, the the – fact of the matter is, is there, there were a few people that kind of had in, inside information that got the restrictor plates worked out long before we did oh. because it took us the better part of probably the year to to get those things worked out and and that was staying on the dyno most every bit of your spare time just trying to come up with a combination because the the people that knew what was going on with the restrictor plates, it wasn't exactly the restrictor plate. It was the insert that went down into the manifold before you put the plate on that made the difference. Really? And it took us a little bit of time to figure out, A, that you could run an insert in the manifold, and B, what to do to that insert to make it work with the restrictor plate. And what? How would you figure that out? I guess on the dyno and see how much horsepower you generate by having certain combinations of parts in that engine. But that's you it. The that's in. that's about the only way that you can do it. And then you have to go to the racetrack and see if what you see on the dyno is is a true representation of what you get on the racetrack. Now, tell me if I'm wrong. Now, there's no uh, there's no way to get out of this at this point because my understanding is it's not about the safety of the drivers. It's about the people in the stands. The, 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 you, if you start going 225 miles an hour, 230 miles an hour with these big old cars and they get they get airborne and get in that fence, there's only so yeah, much. Yeah, but I, to, told, I told Mike Helton back probably about 15 years ago, we were in Enfield one day, and I said, I've got the cure to the restrictor plate plate problem i said just take the plate off move the grandstand to the infield and that <laughs> didn't go that didn't go over <laughs> go so well. <laughs> well and look when carl edwards had the big flip in 2009 at talladega when brad keselowski got into him and won that race 
he slammed into the fence. A few people got hurt. One one girl actually ha- had her jaw wired shut. That was mm-hmm. the biggest injury there. And I was at that race. I just I remember. And remember that engine block was sitting right there. Is that that wreck? One of those wrecks. Well, uh, there was the Kyle Larson wreck. At Kyle Larson, right? The right, engine right, right, block well, was in yeah. lodged into the fence. Or no, lo- went into the stands. Yeah. Oh, did it go into? Yeah, there was. Yeah. I seem to remember an engine block just sitting right on the top of the wall after one of these, and I thought, well, that's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. It stayed on the right side. Well, right, and right. and the catch fence in Carl Edwards' case caught the car but right the fences yeah. have to have holes in them and stuff went you through the fence to, yeah. yeah uh so that was uh but when that when that happened there was this huge uproar if you all remember not only nine years ago but it seems like a long time about what should we do about these plate races because edwards gets airborne and then it mm-hmm. happened again four years later with kyle yeah. larson at daytona and the xfinity race 2013 i was at that race yeah. too I need to stop going to these go. races. Okay. Yeah. So, and we don't see and, that and very only, often anymore. We, we don't see it very often anymore. And the last time a car got into the fence airborne like that was Austin Dillon at, at the 2015 July Daytona race that they ran like. It ended at like five yeah. in the morning. Okay, because you know that—that's the last time where his where he went. I think it was uh, wheels first into mm-hmm. the fence. The Dale Jr. one. Doug, no, did you did you ever see the wreck that Bobby Allison had at Talladega in '87? The one that caused us to have plates. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I've seen replays of it. Yes, I did not remember yeah, it when he, it happened. If the, if the flag, <laughs> if the start finish line was in the normal place, and the flagman was right there at the start finish line, where Talladega's is displaced down the racetrack a good way. Um, you wouldn't have a flagman because he'd have been taken off the right. flag stand. Right, right. Yeah. So th- I think the catch fin- the catch finches do catch the cars, but one of the uh, the, the they idea wouldn't I if they were going two hundred thirty miles an hour. Right, I, that's that's what I would think. I would think you'd have to, like you said, Dan, either remove a bunch of rows of the grandstands to where it's a safe distance, which attracts now removing seats anyway. It seems like that would be conceptually possible to do that. Or, like you said, move them in the infield, which is not going to happen. You know? People used to get killed at racing events, uh, I don't want to say quite a bit, but more than we can imagine these days yeah. in the 60s and the 50s and 60s. Um, yeah, but are you thinking about the drag racing coming up at Commerce this weekend and how fast those cars are yeah. running? That, uh, how close are the cra- – I've never been to one of those in They're person. very close. They're, they're, very, close. they're only on one side, but they're very close. Really? They're very close at the start, Yeah, but as you get – toward the thousand foot line that's where the grandstands end and that's a great thing but you have so much debris from these cars that can go in so many directions it's just unbelievable because they actually just blow up yeah they blow up a lot of times yeah uh and when i was when i was talking about uh people dying at at events um and you brought up drag racing it's because richard petty left nascar for one season or half a season because of the whole thing with the car and uh i believe a child ended up being killed i think it was here in georgia Uh, um, but so uh, we've gotten a lot better at safety than than we have we have because you look at the safety in the cars today and i'd much rather be in a race car than i had 285 or any of the interstates in any of the major cities. Yeah, that was in Austell, Georgia, where that happened in Mm -hmm. 1965, by the way. Was that Yellow River? Is that where where that was? uh, Well, this is the youngster from Austell. Let me look. It's hard to do that on the fly. Yeah, he's trying to read and host this show. It was at Southeastern Dragway, which is just listed in this article as near Atlanta. I don't think that's around anymore. I don't don't even know if he was out of whole season, but uh, he had the, he, they, they had banned, they'd done something with Ford. It was a manufacturer deal. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. 
So uh, I, I definitely think the racing's a lot safer in NASCAR. So the NASCAR responded to the cars going way faster. They were hitting about 210 in practice on Friday. Jamie McMurray cut a left rear tire, got sideways, got That's the first roll like that I've seen in a long time in NASCAR. Yeah. I, that wasn't because of error. That was because of the way he got hit. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And so, but they were going super fast. The thing is, they the big difference at Talladega and all these is that they eliminated the ride height rule. And so we saw Daytona these cars, the rear quarter panels are almost all the way on the ground, and they were even lower at Talladega. So mm-hmm. we saw it at Daytona. This is the second race, and they were actually complaining of loose race cars on a yeah. wide two and a half mile or two point six mile track. Those cars looked out of control a yeah. lot. You would, it, there was a, a couple of great helicopter shots. Yeah. And it just looked like everybody was having trouble controlling their vehicle. So I, I it was I wish I could have seen it live. I'm gonna go back and watch a little bit of that scene. We we've got Dover coming up this week here. Dan, do you have any did you and your team have any particular big highlights of Dover or anything about that track? I, has it even changed much since y'all raced there? No, it's not. And I love Dover and Bill loved Dover. We, we ran so well there during the eighties and early nineties. It was just one of those favorite racetracks. The only thing I don't like about Dover is it's one of those places where the turns are so wide, anything happens, you get such a run and go. It's such a long way up to the wall. And you'll see that when they show a car that blows a right front tire, which tire issues there were always a problem because a lot of banking and and you carry a lot of corner speed and you blow a tire and it's like you could count to three before the car ever got to the wall. You could just go one, two, three, and then they tore the wall down where if they had moved the fence down closer to the surface, I don't think you'd tear a car up near as bad. And, and then there's the whole get the racetrack could be blocked too when there's when they well, get, when they get the, the big the, one at Dover. I mean, it's yeah. just not, yeah. But uh, Dougie, uh, Dover is one of those self-cleaning racetracks. Yeah. You got so much banking, the car wrecks, and it comes down in front of the field, so it's self-cleaning. Yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a nice feature. I wish they did that during rain delays too. I have <laughs> a, yeah, I have an ignorant question. Was it always concrete, Dover? That I don't know. Was it concrete back no, in your day? Dan? No, I think it was asphalt when we first started uh. going there. Because because you, you still you preferred the asphalt Bristol surface. Did do, do you think concrete is a better surface to have at Dover? Or do you think asphalt's better there too? You know I like the I like the asphalt, but the asphalt seemed to work better with the bias ply tire, and um, the radial seemed to work better with the concrete. What they were trying to do is get the tracks to where that you had more than one groove. And when it was asphalt, you pretty much got one groove rubbered in, and that's the way it was. Hmm. And with the concrete, you had more than one groove. But even with the concrete, you still end up basically with one groove. That's Yeah, well, it's going to be – I don't know that it's going to be near the wild card. Well, I know it won't be near the wild card this weekend at Dover. So we'll see what stories unfold from that. Now, you mentioned radio and bias ply. This is something I, I wanted to actually bring up last week. Because I hear people, especially people that are in favor of short tracks and curbing the cost of racing, which seems to be most people these days, mm-hmm. talk about how radial tires versus bias ply, that bias ply fits better into what NASCAR is doing. It fits better into curbing the cost, or maybe in the truck series or even in all series. And so, Dan, with your expertise on cars, can you break down, because I really didn't know, can you break down – what the difference between those two tires is, what that means, and how one would cost more or less than the other. You know, one, the 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 bias ply is more of a fabric sidewall and a fabric under the tread of the tire. 
where a where a radial is is steel, and the the sidewall is a little bit stiffer in a radial and it is a bias ply tire, but it has to do with the combination of how the tire is made and then the material it's made of. The bias ply tire was was really to me more forgiving for the driver because went went to a lot of races and saw drivers like Harry Gant or even Kale where they could drive the car sideways lap after lap after lap and awesome. seemingly had control of the car. And with the radial tire, you you drive a radial tire to the limit, but once you pass that limit, you've basically lost control of the car. You fine line of running on the edge with a with a radial tire. What 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 was the move to change it? Was that just the tire manufacturers, I guess Goodyear by that point, wanting to have what their street cars had, or is there an advantage to having the steel under the tire? They felt like that the radial was a better tire and a safer tire. And and to the point of the tire, I agree. I think it's probably a better tire and it will survive more harsh conditions, temperature and, and surfaces and things like that. But I still like the bias ply tire because it put more of the race into the driver's hands, yeah. so to speak. You could get the car out of shape and still control the car to some degree where with the radial, it gets out of shape and, and you basically either wrecked or spun out. Right, you there's a fine line there, and when you step over it, you're gone. You're you're gone. Yeah. You you are gone because you saw the deal back years ago. I I was making this analogy to somebody that um, comes to the shop. We were talking about Talladega when Mark Martin nearly drove into the infield. Right when he went and, there and went through like three gates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, went through the three gates, and then he ended up with a concrete barrier. And if it hadn't been for it, he'd have been in there with the campers. But it's one of those things where the radial tire gets such a good grip that it can almost change directions on a dime where a bias ply, when you spin out, you just spin out with a radial. If it catches a bite in any attitude other than straight, it's going to take off in that direction. And, and that car marks did. It just took off in a different direction. And so with the cost is, I mean, I guess because radial is more advanced technology and has steel in it, those are more expensive. Do you think that going to bias ply would not only improve the racing, but would make the tire bill more affordable, especially for those softer teams? You know, I don't know because their technology today, they've probably gone to the point now that you couldn't even go back if you wanted to. And there are better people in me and smarter people than me than than is figuring out the best things because you're still you're still a 3400 pound race car and the side loads on these tires the way the cars are now because you're talking about the quarter panels being so close to the ground you're almost into a ground effect car now so a lot of things have changed and i know the bias ply tire cannot stand the heat that a radial can stand. So I don't know that you could go back, Doug. Okay, well, that's that's a great point. I was thinking there's a chance they might still use bias ply in the Arca series, and I'm looking. They actually have a page for teams about the cost of their tires. From General Tires, the Arca series provider, and they they still use radials, at least on the asphalt or concrete tracks. Because you're going to get into a deal to where, okay, is it worth the cost of the tire if you are on a safer tire you know, what are we looking for here? Are we looking for safety or are right. we looking for cost? Because 
the safety will outweigh the cost. No one's arguing yeah. the race car needs to be safer by getting yeah. rid of the roll cage or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's you know. why. That's that's what I was going to say. Is once NASCAR decides this is a safety issue, they're gonna they're gonna go for that before cost yes. or driver comfort or anything like that. The tire wars were in like 1994, right? That's when I the remember. Tire, the, the, yeah, like I can't Jeff remember Bodine, what the tire wars were, and, but I thought they were before that because. I know that Hoosier came in and they tried to run a tire and the tires got softer and softer and the speeds got more intense and more intense and the heat buildup got more and they had a lot of issues and finally they figured for safety's sake that there would be one tire and Goodyear would dictate what that compound is and the safest tire and, and the characteristics of it. And I don't know that you'll see with ARCA coming into the NASCAR fold, I would pretty much say that pretty much guarantee it's going to be a good year tire and they're going to specify what that tire is and compounds and so forth. Yeah, because that uh, that certainly affects the track. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think it was in 90 – I know in 94 may have been the end of the tire wars because that was the year Jeb Bodine won a couple of races driving for his own team and Ernie Irvin had this breakout year and it was – but then they were also having these spectacular wrecks because, and tire failures and so – uh, so General Tire is the tire provider for the Arca Series. Goodyear is the is who does that for NASCAR. And the news came out Friday, big big announcement in the Talladega Media Center or wherever at about 11 o'clock Friday morning that NASCAR is purchasing the Arca Series. The Arca Series has been privately owned. Well, NASCAR is too, but it's been privately owned by different people. Started by John Markham in 1953, I just read. And then Ron Drager is the guy that owns it now. And he is selling the series and going to continue, I think, operating a couple of racetracks he owns. And my first thought when they announced this is ARCA cars are kind of like Xfinity cars in a way. or they, they're, yeah. the, they're the car version of a lower-tier national series. And I didn't know how that was going to fit into the deck. Of, of NASCAR series, that they're going to merge them together, it means they're going to become mm-hmm. one. And so I, I was just trying to figure out really what, not so much what ARCA had to gain, they're being sold. You know, somebody's mm-hmm. going to make some money. But I didn't know what NASCAR had to gain from having the ARCA series, which is a small, it's not quite regional. It doesn't go out west, but it's yeah. Midwest and Eastern series. So Been around just, for a long time. It has been around since the 50s. And they've, they've always played well with NASCAR and partners and a little bit of overlap. Uh, Eric, do you have any thoughts on that? You know, actually, I would defer to Dan on that. I, I have thoughts on whether it's a good idea or not, but how uh, NASCAR might bring them into the fold and, and what they would use them, how they would use them in the stepladder of different series, I think I would defer to you, Dan. Do you have any ideas of what they're thinking? Well, I know one thing for sure. They probably bought that deal for probably about $4.98 and two tickets to Talladega in February. And, four. We'll throw and, in two more. Four. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, family of four. And then my thoughts on the deal, in, in, in a serious note here, is the fact that you're eliminating competition and you're able to, as Doug said, you're able to roll other series in with this. So, whether it be the K&N, whether it be Xfinity, because those series both do not bring the crowds of people that that a cup race brings anyway. So another thing, too, that I just sat here and thought about was you've got the fact that there is there hasn't been a Winston West in quite a number of years. So maybe yeah, this deal West can series. be rolled into where it might be Xfinity and K&N gets rolled into it, or maybe it's a starter series and K&N is what it rolls into. 
and you've already got the cars and the fans that support ARCA that you automatically pick up. Did NASCAR own the Goodies Dash series? Um, yes, they did. Okay, so the, the, the Goodies Dash, I felt like, was mm-hmm. sort of the Xfinity Series light, wasn't it? This was really before my time of watching a lot of racing, so I don't know, but... Dan's got to get uh, a good service though. Sometimes uh, he's got to answer for where he's sitting there. So, I, where, I what do you think, Eric? Well, I, when I first heard the news, first of all, I like the ARCA series. I don't follow it as much as I used to. And I'll tell you what I like about the ARCA. So, I'm, one thing I hope is that the ARCA series, now it probably will change because the reason it's being sold, like Dan said, is it's it's not as successful as, as it once was, probably. But what I like about the ARCA series is I talk about this a lot you know, growing up around tracks, one thing that I've always loved about racing is you have different generations of people in the same race. Arca yeah. still has that. Arca still has guys in their 50s, guys in their early 60s, and guys that are like 16, 17 mm-hmm. years old. I've always- Yeah, but, but you, know, you know, and I hate to interrupt you on this, but here you've got the deal in NASCAR where you've got to have a charter system to come in and run at the level in the Cup Series. that yeah that ARCA, you can come in and run a team relatively cheaply on a shoestring, so to speak. Not not exactly, but, but as close to it as possible. And this series allows you to come in and do what you love to do and be able to get into it at a level that you can somewhat afford to do it. Not every week but but maybe on a level to where you compete several times a year and maybe you run the series but it allows you to do that where nascar cup has paced you by and even maybe xfinity doesn't offer you what you want but arca kind of offered you somewhere in the middle where you could come in and have a good time and compete no no that's what i mean that's what i like about arca I, yeah. it, 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 it's racers it's racing families and, and it's a very tight-knit family too, I, more so i think yeah. than even nascar and what i hope tight. is that by nascar bringing it in i i hope that it, it doesn't lose that feel because that's what i that's what i like about arca again i'm as guilty as anyone else for the reason that arca has to be sold because I'm nostalgic about it, and I can tell you why I like it, but I can't remember the last time you really I, watched, I, it. I yeah. watched it or followed it. I used to follow it quite a lot. They're, they used to overlap a little more. There were more ARCA uh, races uh, on think, Cup weekends than there are now. I think that has to do with some of the, uh, the cost-cutting. I think sure. that the, uh, ARCA still races a lot yeah. of short tracks and races a couple of dirt well, races well, every year. And that's year. another great thing about ARCA is you've got – And I they're in the Midwest. So, you you know, they go from like Salem – uh, they, they, they'll go to these tracks that have been around forever, and then they're at Daytona as well. And and like I say, different generations of people uh, uh, driving. It, it reminds me of the flavor of weekend short track racing, and I like that. What I hope is that NASCAR is trying to figure out a way, maybe because of the charter system and things like this, a way that you can get involved in NASCAR through ARCA, and it's it's really cheaper. The whole series is cheaper, not the wrench or this or that, but the whole series itself. And that you could, like Dan says, maybe you only run five races, maybe you only run seven, but that's racing. They run nineteen or twenty races a year, which right. is but I mean individuals. To a truck series. Oh yes, yes. I mean, like you could decide. Okay, we have the budget to to run five races or seven, and you can and, show up and qualify on speed to get in. And yeah. and the Arca series does not have the charter system, of course, nor does Xfinity or Trucks. The what 
that what happened was is after this happened, uh, the site kicking the tires, I sent out one of the reporters, Caleb Whistler. He went out and got a bunch of interviews with different ARCA personalities, ARCA people, and said, well, what does this mean for y'all? How is this going to fit in? And it seemed like the consensus was that they thought that it was going to either merge with or work alongside with the K&N East and West series, or maybe just the K&N East series. ARCA doesn't go out west, and it gains NASCAR – access to midwestern tracks that they they're just not are not racing on so maybe there's a k&n east a k&n right you know midwest and a k&n west now, how i don't know old, how you old know? do you have to be to drive in k&n west because i think right now in arca you have to be 16 or something be 15 15 I, right well, that's what it had been anyway. yeah yeah so but nascar has a rule that i think goes all the way through the truck series right that you have to be you can't be 16 in the truck series so at a, at a track that is a uh, mile or less you could be 16 okay other tracks you have to be 18 and that was it was. It's right. funny because I think the K and N series changed their rule to fifteen. Dan, when Chase began racing in K and N, and yeah, I think everybody told me it was the Chase Elliott rule. And then they, yeah. and then NASCAR's sixteen-year-old rule, Kyle, right? Was well, no, it was it was Chase also. Oh, they, oh. They, NASCAR changed the rule to eighteen when Kyle was trying to do it at sixteen. Okay, and it's funny because the year that Chase ran that limited truck schedule, twenty thirteen. So that's when they winded out to let 16- and 17-year-olds run on tracks a mile or less. And then you, I had, see. you had Chase Elliott. I mean, there were kids. And, I, I, didn't yeah. see the, I didn't see the whole ARCA race at Talladega over the weekend. But, um, I mean, there were kids. In there, they looked like they yeah. looked like they were in seventh grade. I mean, well, the I never. Won, Zane Smith is, I mean. 15? I no, Eric yeah. should have seen the kids that ran at Gresham. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm used to it in Legends and things. I know that you're talking about yeah. something different, but I'm used to seeing them in Legends and and that sort of thing. By the way, I'm all for it. Uh, that's the way racing really has always been. I understand why NASCAR doesn't want the liability. But. Race winner Zane Smith uh, was actually is actually 19 years old. Yeah. He's one of the old guys. But so. there was somebody in there who was like 15 or 16. And I thought, my goodness, that guy's yeah, just starting high school. That, that's that's a lot for that age. <laughs> and so the ARCA race, by the way. So we need to mention this weekend's winners. Uh, Zane. Smith won at Talladega there, and that race, I think by Talladega standards, was tame. The Xfinity race, which I was on the road like it was Sunday, I didn't get to watch Saturday either, won by Spencer Gallagher, and there was a fuel mileage in that race, oh, but it was, it was kind of all over the place, but Spencer Gallagher's first career win in any of NASCAR's top series, and, and now is going to be for sure in the playoffs, and so that, I think that's interesting, and then we, we had Joey Logano uh, win as well, but between Friday and Saturday's events there, there's some big news in ARCA also. So they had this, you know, big time. What I think a lot would see is good news. They're going to be sold and uh, sold to NASCAR, and and then uh, at the end of the day, or actually early Saturday morning, news started filtering out that got confirmed later on Saturday that James Harvey Hilton passed away in a car crash here in Georgia on I-85, and his son uh, James Jr. was also in the car, who's known as Tweety, which is a great nickname, by the way. Mm-hmm. And they, and the driver of the car, I think his name is Terry Carter. No, his name, first name is Terry, but he was driving the car, the crew chief for the team, and they actually did, were not able to compete in that Talladega race. They couldn't start the race mm-hmm. for some reason. They left in the wee hours of the morning from Talladega. So it would have been like 2 or 3 a.m. Talladega time and crashed up in North Georgia at about 6 in the morning. Um, I was actually driving on I-85 and saw the delays in our traffic app here, and I got off, and and where I reentered the interstate was right before the crash, and it was hours after it had happened. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. This was before anybody knew, and I passed by, and I took a picture. No, I saw that. You didn't know who it was at that no, point, right? did not know. Yeah. I took a picture and just said, hey, if anybody's out traveling outside of Atlanta, this is going on, and then – 
As soon as I had sent that out, I'm telling you, within 15, 20 minutes, I started seeing news about James Hilton possibly passing. But it was a rumor, all right? It was still very much rumored. And I went back and looked at the picture. Actually, some people had already started replying to it, saying there's race cans there. And sure enough, I, my first thought was that was the crash. Mm-hmm. I just thought. And I, there was race cans and tires. And the truck ran. The, it was a, a median that had a creek down the middle or something. And so it was it was shaped like a triangle. So when they ran in there, they crashed hard in the truck. You couldn't even tell what was there. Mm. But you could see the tires and the, the race tires and the Sunoco uh, mm. cans. So we anyway, but uh, big loss for James Hilton there. Uh, Dan, I know you were in the garage a long time, and I'm sure you have at least some good memories there of a guy that won Talladega, by the way, in the Cup Series in 1970. Yeah, that was some of the early beginnings of the racing for us whenever – they were competing and they were probably at the height of their career at that time. But the amazing thing to me is that James Hilton was still trying to compete, still trying to be there and, and go to races and be a part of this at 83 years old. Yeah. That's just right. racer in his blood, right? I mean, just racer uh, in his blood. That's exactly right. Yeah, Love yeah. the sport. Mm-hmm. And race, he's very similar to Morgan Shepard and that he had some glory years really. Mm-hmm. I mean, his his were earlier than Morgan's were, I guess. But he had some glory years decades ago. But he still had a shoestring budget trying to keep a team out there. Morgan does that in the Xfinity series, and Hilton does and or did in the Arca series with his own team. That was a full time running team. Hilton was a full time driver through his mid seventies up through the twenty thirteen season, and he actually attempted the two thousand seven Daytona five hundred. And I remember he was leading that Gatorade dual race right. at one point in a car that had a children's affiliation, but it was another team. And then he he missed out and missed the event. And I was looking at the entry blank there. Sixty one cars attempted the two thousand seven Daytona five hundred. And that's and, something. And that, huh? I, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw. I was like, that's not right, isn't it? But uh, I thought that he did make one of the uh, Daytonas in the in the mid maybe i'm wrong well he, he, he was yeah. contending in that dual race but yeah. no he he uh he hadn't made a cup race since 1993 i looked okay. 1993 yeah it was so uh but but he was full-time in arca not contending but full-time in arca there through um through through 2013 now the crash was were they towing the car behind yeah, them was their, okay yeah. so once they got off the road then everything got crazy yeah, yeah. and and there's going to be an investigation there's some stuff that's not adding up there i don't want to really get into all that but yeah. it's it's, it was certainly a bad deal, and they did, they actually were on the grid for the ARCA race and couldn't get the car started, and so mm. Brad Smith finished in the 31st position there. But we uh, we lost well, RIP, is true racer. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, and yeah. you know at least at least you know maybe this is a weird thing to say. At least he wasn't out there racing, but it was something related to racing he was doing. He was towing his car back. Well, that's to the what shop, I mean. You know? that's, I mean. That's that's what I mean. <laughs> when you the guy's 83. Yeah, and he's still towing the car back. That's that's a that's a racer through yeah. and through. And not a big. But here it goes back to what we were talking about about the safety of the. You know, if you'd have been on the racetrack, you'd probably been okay. Where right. on the highway, it, it's a fatality, and and that that tells you where we are with the sport and. For the most part, how safe it is, mm-hmm, it's certainly. it's not bulletproof, but it's pretty close. And exactly, and that that really is incredible. They can race at Daytona, Talladega, or wherever. I mean, we saw how hard we've seen Trevor Bain, yeah. Ryan Newman, Kyle Larson all cut tires hit hard this year. Well, you know, when you, know, you see uh, when you see a bad wreck now, as opposed to to the old days, now you assume the guy's all right. Yeah, I mean, the shock would be he broke his leg. Or right, he works. actually has yeah. to go spend a night in the 
at the hospital in the old days when a bad crash happened, you held your breath because well, you didn't. I mean, you assumed maybe something bad happened. In the ARCA race, Chase Purdy, the driver of number eight, is actually going to miss a few weeks because he mm-hmm. went to the hospital and had a, a fracture or something like that, and actually spent the night in the hospital. So right. it, that was a record. Just it, just the angle of it, he got hit in the driver's door. I think it was. So, it, but that. Well, that's, remember, that's we used the, to look for movement in the car yeah. and all that kind. Of, I, I think that yeah. you know probably maybe we're getting a little spoiled, but I I usually just assume. The safety equipment sure. has, you know, the roll cage is fine and, and everything's good. We, now. We've never really assumed in any recent times that anybody's life right. was a danger. I think the closest we've come in a NASCAR race, I could be mistaken, is when Jerry Nadeau wrecked at Richmond yeah. in 2003. And that ended his career. It was, and he had he's still, you know, has big time struggles from it. But that's the closest we've come to losing <clears throat> life since Dale Earnhardt. Uh, the, who is the somebody? Was it Michael McDowell during uh, he had a he had a flip. Uh, well, maybe at, a Daytona and te- a qualify- Texas. Was it Texas a qualifying? And, qualifying. and I yeah. remember that one looked so bad that drivers were up on the wall yeah. concerned because yeah. that just looked hard and bad. And that was the last time I was kind of surprised that somebody – he just Was it me. Jeff Bodine at Daytona in 2007 in the truck? Well, that was – no, that, was, that was in 2000, yeah. Yeah, that, was, in, yeah, that was insane. That that was that, that, that was insane. unbelievable, and that he he went to the hospital there. I mean, he this yeah. that was still that was before the Hans and everybody was using those. That was a yeah. Any time it ends up just being the cockpit out there in the end, that's one of those wrecks. Like Waltrip had one like that. Uh, Michael Bristol. Michael Bristol, Waltrip, yeah, had one like, yeah. 1990 at Bristol where they had a gate opening. Why would they ever have a gate? Yeah, yeah. And and he just ran right into the gate opener, got run up into it, and he was just sitting there in middle of the track holding the steering wheel mm-hmm. almost. It was and that and you could see that car by the way. If they haven't transported, they had a wreck exhibit up the NASCAR Hall of Fame. I think they put it all, everything back. But you can see Waltrip's car in the Talladega International Motorsports Hall of Fame. And I say car. It's just a yeah, a big pile of things. But it's After amazing. that wreck, they hauled the car off. It took three rollbacks to get all of the car because it was the front end of the car, it was a motor and trans, and it was the back end of the car. Gosh. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, Unbelievable. Luckily and Mike Harmon had a similar, similar wreck at Talladega right. in 2000 where it just the car just kind oh, of – Oh, just kind of broke in half, yeah, right? I yeah, mean, that's crazy. So yeah. uh, another loss in the NASCAR community, Jim Foster, who, uh, fr- being totally honest, I was not familiar with, didn't know his significance – but he was the date. He was one of the Speedway presidents of Daytona back in the early 1990s, and he was a big NASCAR bigwig for a long time. But he founded MRN, the the other radio network besides PRN here, ours that broadcasts the races. He co-founded it, by the way, with Ken Squire. Should wow. note. But uh, Jim Foster passed away after an illness. 91 years old, had uh, Alzheimer's. Uh, and Dan, I guess you'd seen him around, right? Yeah, I'd seen him around. I didn't know him that well, but I knew him when I saw him. And I knew he was very instrumental in a lot of things that went on through the NASCAR, not just MRN, but all the things about Daytona, because each person seems to kind of have their time at the Speedway there and instrumental in making changes that benefit the sport. Certainly. And were you familiar with him at all? Uh, uh, I was I, not, but I yeah. rest in peace. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, well, it's it's. I'm glad to see these people, you know, see them live full lives and get to still be involved sure. and everything like that. And so I hate that we lost two people on uh, actually on the same day. Uh, both were on Saturday. Well, so. never three because the sun. Uh, oh yeah, the yeah. Sun as well. Excuse me. Yeah. That's exactly right there. And, and uh, James Hilton, I believe, was divorced, but you know that the, uh, his ex-wife Evelyn was. You know, I mean, just to think, like, use your ex-husband's son on the exact same day. I just absolute prayers to yeah. her. And to everybody involved in the, the Hilton Racing team, for sure. Um, 
one more thing I wanted to talk about also on a lighter note is this came out last week. We we dis- we had discussed you know big Ford news quote unquote with uh, with. Matt Kenseth going to Roush Fenway Racing, but then also right along with that, Ford's rolling out the Mustang in the Cup Series next year, and we thought, I mean, yeah, okay, that's cool because the Chevy's got the Camaro. Ford also announcing that in the United States, anyway, all domestic like sedans and so forth are gone. They're focusing on SUVs, trucks, and the Mustangs, so we're not going to have Tauruses or Fusions out there. Uh, Dan, what do you think about the idea of having the Mustang out on the racetrack again as opposed to the Ford Fusion? You know, to me, it it doesn't really matter, but I like the fact that you're going back to, unless they change the Mustang, at least you're a rear-wheel drive car yes. instead of a front-wheel drive car. And most fans may or may not care, but to me, it gets back more to the roots of racing and, and the car being more like, the race car being more like a production car you can go buy. And I, I like those similarities because... As y'all have pointed out in the past, you know, win on Sunday, sell on Monday. Sure. And 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 these cars have gotten way away from what manufacturers are manufacturing. Yeah, and I don't think anybody thinks of like when you think of a race car. Do you really think of a Ford Fusion? Like, does that like a, no. like a Mustang no, no, stands out as a Eco Boost? Yeah, no. yeah. Just, yeah. I think it. You know, it works on that level. I'm wondering. I'm I'm interested, and in, I don't know why. Ford has decided to get out of that sedan business. I'm wondering if, like, the Kias of the world and stuff are just kind of taking that bottom, it's, uh, taking that end away, and uh, and there's no need for. Well, them how to be far out there. are we away from an SUV being a series? Well, how far are we away from that? Yeah, well. I, I'd still say we're pretty far, <laughs> but <laughs> but but maybe closer yeah. than we think. I mean, I I've never heard that inkling before, but. I, I do wonder sometimes you see different types of cars. I mean, I think pe- people still laugh at the idea. People that don't know NASCAR at all, they're, they're like, wait, there's NAS trucks? Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. There's NAS yeah. trucks? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember as a kid, actually, when that came well, out. Well, most people don't know what NASCAR stands for, so they think car is part right. of it's, a, it's some kind of car, a right, NASCAR. Exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah, but you thought you always thought it was a police car is a police car. Now you look at the police cars, and they are uh, Ford Explorers. They're Tahoes. Yeah. They're yeah. everything mm-hmm. but cruisers yeah i wonder if in the cup series maybe not even a separate series if one day a manufacturer or the you know maybe the the top guys a toyota ford chevy they're all going to get together and say okay let's let's make a pitch to nascar now you know these crossovers are really what's selling (laughs) these crossovers coming in with a spec car god that would be that that just uh, (laughs) i don't know i mean i I just don't i don't i don't think you could if that's the family car now as opposed mm -hmm. to what they were back then i don't think you could replicate for nostalgia person like oh this is what the family car is we'll just change type car what i do wish is i (laughs) wish that there was more difference between the cars amongst the manufacturers i I I agree with that i I wish you could you could go oh that's a ford oh that's a you know and really get i mean you can if you i guess in the grill area they're a little different but the decal, um, yeah, the decals are different. <laughs> the decal, yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would like to see a little more of that. Maybe it got a little crazy with the winged cars and stuff oh, in gosh. Petty's day, but um, because Doug knows from short track cars that that the cars were almost identical except for the decal. That was the only way that you could tell, oh, yeah. yeah, somewhat what the what the brand of car was. Yeah, and in short tracks, you know, it's. They race like stock cars, but really, Dan, I mean, late models aren't considered stock cars, are they? Because no, they're late no. model. They, they, yeah. They're built. They're completely built outside, except for maybe an engine. I don't even know if the engine block is, honestly. I, I'm not sure. But 
they're completely made just for what they're doing. Yeah. And it's just weird because that's not any different than what they're doing in NASCAR, but NASCAR is stock car. <laughs> and I think that, I think that uh, you know, part of the when you fall in love with the sport, maybe when you're younger, you know, like I could watch horse racing. I don't have a horse. You know what I mean? You can watch you can watch other, but if you watch if you fall in love with stock cars when you're a kid it's like, well, we ride in a car. I'm yeah. going to drive a car when there's just some, you know, you there's an affinity for it and as they as these cars get further away from what look like what we drive, um I think it becomes more foreign. I don't mean that in a in a way that like like Captain Hearn oh, hated Lord. Toyota. Oh. <laughs> I meant I just from your own daily experience. When you talk about win on Sunday, sell on Monday, hey, you, you're driving a car that looks a lot like the car that guy took the checkered flag with. I think there's we're losing a little bit of that connection. I don't know if there's anything can be done about it. Or you could start more series at the bottom end that still do that. Maybe you know, the, that, maybe this Arca series could be. <laughs> I would hope I would, would hope that the Arca yeah. series is. I think I when when we were young, my mom told me that we never went to a NASCAR sanctioned event, but I remember going to big tracks and seeing something like in the middle of the day yeah. that was not the weekend racing, and I'm pretty sure that those races were probably Arca races or uh, one of those series, and. It's very close to where you are. I, I hope that they don't I hope that they double down on what ARCA is and make it better rather than just turn it into yet another NASCAR series. Hopefully, well, I'm afraid know. since NASCAR is in one that yeah. um, you're probably <laughs> in for a change because I don't know that they're gonna be happy to like control all forms of motorsports. Yeah, well there you go. Yeah. There you go. And and all the way across, you mean templates, rules, everything, right? All the way Everything. around, yeah. You know, it's a, I just, this is off the beaten tra no, trail please, here, but you mentioned N one, and uh, I watched the Formula One race uh, on DVR yesterday. And here's something that makes it like this. This was the second race in Baku, Azerbaijan. Yes, and it was through. It was through the city, and this is an old city. At one point, they're going by the walls of an old castle that I would imagine was there since the 1400s or something. But this was a a, a very large track, a real city track. Uh, through a city, parts of it were there were twenty corners, but and parts of them were very tight, like Monte Carlo, and then other parts were like a four lane highway for looked like half a mile yeah. where they get up to amazing speeds. And if they ever add another road course, they need to find a city in America that will allow them to do that. So I there's agree. something really cool about watching racing through a real city. Well, I was always said do it through Dawsonville. There you go. Yeah, that would be great. You know, front row seat. That'd be great. They used <laughs> yep, to do that they illegally got a for a long time. In the middle of the square down yeah. here, that that could be your. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you can do circles in it. <laughs> they always talk about hometown drivers. I think there are very few drivers that race in the actual hometown itself. I yeah. mean, the Vegas for yeah. the Bush brothers, and, and right. I mean, I'm. Off the top of my head, I can't think of another one. Most people come from smaller towns. But I mean, like Vegas. If, if, they, is a, if they raced in downtown Dawsonville, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Vegas is out because they already have a track. But that would be the kind of city that could yes. put together a road course. New York does uh, Formula E, the electric series. That's right. They is do. in New York now. They do it down by the water. Um, so yeah, they do it at Sonoma also, don't they? Uh, wait a minute. Sonoma's a real track, though. 
Yeah, Sonoma's a real track. Oh, but, you mean uh, Formula E? A, you mean Formula, Formula E? e. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. I was like, <laughs> but I mean taking taking the racing, you know, through New York City or something. I mean, if you're looking for well, what's going to bring eyeballs back? What's gonna, imagine the Empire State Building being in the background as they come around a corner or something? You know, I just I thought I, that. I, I looked at this and, and I'll get off it now, but I know nothing about this city in Azerbaijan, and I'm looking it up online. You know, what is it all about? And yeah. it's it's half old and half new, and it made me interested visually in what was going on than if they just had a road course in Azerbaijan and they were on that road course. I mean, how many people even think about that country in general? Yeah, no, I, I, mean, I was looking it up. Exactly. And you know what? They were using it for that reason because they're going to have some kind of expo in 2025. So there was all this signage. So they're trying to modernize and they're using this as a way to do it. And it, it got me interested. I don't know. A, a lot of, we always talk about cookie cutter racetracks. Boy. Well, there's nothing you can't you can't cookie cutter tracks that go through a city. I think that I think if they added one of those, they could even rotate. I mean, I, I think they should rotate and do all. We've do, talked about all sorts of things in the schedule. Yeah. They could rotate tracks. And do, it would be great though. I mean, IndyCar does it. Indy goes mm. to Saint Petersburg, Saint Petersburg and Detroit, right. and maybe one other. I mean, the, these are entertaining. Uh, Long Beach, they're just in Long Beach, weren't they? Yeah. So they go they go to entertaining yeah. r- courses in the middle of cities. Yeah. I mean, how cool is and that? It's fun right to see, like, the if there's a lake or something by it. It's 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 it's, it's fun, and it's uh, and we talk about maybe a dirt track. I don't know if I don't know if the Cup Series can do that. Maybe it's just too much. Uh, I don't know. They did it in the trucks. They can do that too. That'd be great to see. And I watched that F1 race, by the way. And we'll end on on this note here, talking about F1. That was kind of like a short track for them because they had such tight corners. Yeah. And there was, I mean, the Red Bull teammates, ran, Ricardo and yeah, Verstappen ran over each other. The leader, Valtteri Bottas, cut a tire at the very yeah. end. There were several other wrecks. Lewis Hamilton kind of got handed the race. Sebastian Vettel, who's been the dominant driver this year. He, there was just a Something lot more weird passing. Happened, yeah. Yeah. There was a lot more passing. And they had uh, the Sauber guy, uh, Charles Leclerc. They finished in the top ten and got points for the first time in three years. Yeah, that guy I think is an emerging star. I think he's going to end up in one of the big teams. Right. But, that, uh, that, yeah, that's what the thought is. Uh, and, and I think also, uh, if you watch it, some of the reason it was exciting is because it was only the second year that those drivers had been there. So it was a weird track, and there's only the second year. So, but I mean, I mean, I know that we we talk about NASCAR here, but I don't know no, how. I, I don't know how. <laughs> I I don't know how you do twenty braking points and gearing points a, a lap. I mean, they've got a they've got a breaking point and a getting geared at for every corner twenty times. I can't say twenty because two or three of those corners were almost full speed. But there's at least seventeen or eighteen of those corners that is okay. I've got a mark. I know where I'm going to go down. I'm, I know the gear changing. Um, so I, I found that race to be quite exciting. I don't know how. And Dan, I mean, when they they have way more. They have way more than just a four or five speed transmission. They, it goes to uh, it was like, eight gears, eight, I think. But I see them go from eight straight to two. Is that, I mean, does that do you have to go eight seven six five four three two? Or in the telemetry, was it lying? I mean, with the transmission, how does that work? I don't even know. When you're when you're yeah with the with the paddle shifting, it's a whole lot easier to do with with uh, even with the manual. It's not bad because it's sequential. Yeah. Okay. So, so they're, they're paddling on, on there. So but I don't you have to go in between. Like if you're if you're going full speed down a straightaway, I think they go boom, to... boom, 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 boom. Okay, they, but they don't have they the do. clutch. They, they don't do have the clutch, right? Down. Okay. There's no clutch involved, right? They just go boom, 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 right? With their that's hands. It. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's what yeah. I was. Wondering. But have you seen yeah, every yeah. once in a while? I'll get... quickly find out how little I know about. So you want so. another <laughs> thing they do? I told you this is amazing. No commercials. You watch a race from beginning to end, but the, you still see the mother stuff. There's there's a way to do this where at least the middle of NASCAR races could be just put a banner up there. 
put a, you know, I, I, there are ways to do this. I find it fascinating. I'm a bigger NASCAR fan than a Formula One fan, I'll tell you that now. But I, there's something about that race starting and there being no commercials and you're there the whole time that is, that's interesting and stimulating. Maybe NASCAR could look at, you can still and have banners. Only a couple hours. You could put a thing around, <laughs> yeah, you could put a thing around the whole uh, screen that says Budweiser the whole time. Yeah. You know, I mean, th- there are ways to do or this. Bush. Yeah, I mean, or <laughs> rather than uh, rather than having uh, the the race get small during the side by side, have have the commercial small show up and keep the race going. And I think that you would get more bang for the buck. I think some of the problem we're having here is old thinking. Old think thinking so. about how to get the best out of advertising. I, I don't want to spend a, a ton of just because I feel like that's what everybody else is talking. You're going to hear a lot of places about the commercials, but they, I saw somewhere, at least unofficially, there are 52 green flag laps were under commercial during during right. Sunday's race. And I, again, I didn't get to watch it. They missed several of the lead changes, and there were only like 13 or so in the whole race. Is the le- the least yeah. lead changes Talbot had in uh, 20 years. So and I don't and, watch them. And, and, right. I, I wait. I wait. I, I don't start watching the race until about twenty-five or thirty minutes after it starts, and then I can DVR through all the that's, commercials. Yeah, Only time bad. I stay is if it's, if it's exciting and it's side by side. See, that's that, and that. That's why it's so great for you that you're not on Twitter, okay? Because I because I can't do it. I can't do that because I'm missing. Because I already know it's it's weird. But right, right, yeah. But I have to. T- I have to put my phone away because right. then somebody will go. Can Turn you believe Jimmy Johnson won the race and I'm only <laughs> halfway through the race? Right. Yeah. And so I, I think with the you talked about the old school thinking. So there's a huge saturation of commercials. I try not to harp too hard on that just because TV is the biggest sponsor that NASCAR has. You know, they still got to activate. Sure. But to your other point. Why aren't we thinking outside the box about how we do the commercials? And secondly, a problem I ran into, guys, is I was on the road all weekend. The the F1 Grand Prix of Azerbaijan, I was watching on my phone at breakfast. Really? Yeah. Okay. On my, I have an Xfinity mobile app. You know, it's real mm-hmm. easy. I I thought I've done it before with NASCAR races. I tried to put the Talladega race on while we were driving home. I wasn't driving. I was in the back seat, and it says available in home Wi Fi only. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. So they and they probably knew this is a premium race. We want to get as many people on regular, traditional, conventional methods of rating measurement as we can. But I'm going, yeah. Okay, so I listen to MRN yeah. on my phone, okay? And also— Because I can hear MRN anywhere. And, and in radio, Eric, as you know, yeah. with the ratings and stuff, you get more updates on those than I do. They've been able to streamline streaming numbers and, yeah. and over-the-air numbers and create—and and then they have the online— fee, like. There's no, but the thing is, I, I guess, yeah, you, you should be able to just watch the feed. Then you'd be exposed I mean, to the commercials. I mean, and, yeah, and also, I wasn't trying if, to skip the commercials. If you're watching on mobile, <laughs> you're more likely to see the commercials because you can't fast forward. So you, know, you can't do any kind of yeah. nonsense like that. So and and actually, I'm more likely to see the commercials because if you're watching a, a, a live thing on your phone, it's yeah. not going to play in the background if I go to another screen, right? Mm. So. I, so I can't tweet about the race and watch it on my phone. I have to keep stopping the broadcast. So yeah. if it goes to commercial, yeah, I could stop. But if I'm watching on TV, I could be on my yeah. phone the whole time, yeah. not even looking at the commercials. Now, Come on, man. Nothing is going to change <laughs> until – when is this package? Didn't this package through 2022 yeah, it's, it's not, or something? It's, yeah, it's, it's a long time. Nothing's going to change. I, I feel the same way <laughs> about – 15. I feel so. the same way about the NFL. I'm so tired of direct TV. I'm saying, but I, I want to watch – I, I like the ticket, the Sunday ticket. Yeah. And they won't allow me to get just the Sunday ticket. I've got the satellite, 
Just let me order the Sunday ticket. Let me live my life the way I want to. No, you got to take all these channels you're never going to watch. Um, and it's the same stupid thinking. And so I've gotten to the point where I'm like, you know what? It's not worth it. I love having the Sunday ticket, but I'm saying goodbye to the whole thing. We want a la carte. Let us live our lives the way we want to live. If I want to watch a race, maybe I'm active. I'm doing stuff. Let me put it... I should be able to put it on my visor while I'm mowing my lawn if that's what I want to do. What, you we know, whatever. To do, yeah. Especially yeah. if a race is four hours long. Yeah. And, I, and I'm all about sitting in one place and watching it on the TV, too. Yeah. So this is just in the rare times I'm not. And this weekend, uh, you know, I was, I was starting to take my family off a little bit. So, you, I, I ne- to watch it they so should bad. not be losing you. Exactly. You are a you are what we call in radio a P one. Yes. You are the you are the <laughs> audience, and and if they're making it difficult for you to see a race just because you had to go somewhere over the weekend, that's on them. That's correct. Well, look, you can hear this podcast. See what I'm doing here? You mm. can hear this podcast anywhere Good too, seg. folks. We'd love for y'all to subscribe on iTunes, like our Facebook page. I really just put the new episodes on there. There's not a ton that's on the Facebook page right now, but we we'd love for you to stay engaged and reach out to us and let us know what we could do better and. Yeah, you can hear this anywhere, like yeah. I said, okay, on my phone. What I do is sometimes I'll listen back to this, okay, right before I'm doing traffic. I'll be walking around the house doing some chores. i got my phone in my back pocket just mm-hmm. listening through the speakers. We should be able to do that with a race, too, with the TV broadcast. Absolutely. So, any parting shots, Dan Elliott? Yeah, I've enjoyed sitting uh, sitting here listening to y'all on your soapbox. <laughs> hey, hey, we wouldn't have known about biased tires without uh... – yeah, I just enjoyed the bias tires back in the day because, like I said, you, you go to a race like Richmond used to be half mile and you watch Harry Gant run lap after lap after lap, coming off the turn sideways, and, and he was just pretty much in complete control, just did that lap after lap, where with a radial, you can't do that. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see definitely more in the driver's hands, however we ever achieve that. So, any more, party, any more parting shots? I'm Dr. trying to be Von positive. Nessler? I don't have – I'm, I'm trying to be, uh, you know, so uh, – We didn't go. meet up on NASCAR too bad today. We did okay. No, 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 I know. I, I wanted to have one where I was mostly – well, I was mostly No, positive. but if we can influence this deal with ARCA, guys, make it simple and make it to where more people can come in and compete and, and don't roll it out into a series that is going to make it more restrictive and harder to get into. Ditto. Amen. It needs to be a series where those racing families who aren't super wealthy, you know, no poor, no person impoverished can do it anyway, but families who aren't super wealthy, who love racing, can be a part of racing. Don't lose that. It, it can't all just be these guys who climb out of the cradle and get into a cup car. And there needs to be some good, you know, you mean born with a silver or a golden scoop up your honey? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Scoop, I mean, we, yeah. I know we got, I know we're going to go here, but who's the oldest driver that's in Cup right as a regular now? Oh, it's it's Jimmy John, uh, Kevin Harvick and Jimmy Johnson are both forty-two, but it will be this weekend. Matt Kenseth. Okay, so he's coming back. He's not going to be a regular though. He's only doing some he's, races. He's right? racing. Uh, they have an undetermined number of races. Man, see, it's for me, I I like that's the thing. It's losing a little something. I'm trying to be positive. But uh, there's nothing. It's cool. It's cool when like a guy who's like 57. Well, the racing was good at Talladega. Yes, it was. And, um, I we'll we'll have more of it for the years out. Absolutely. I, I take back what I said. Derek Cope is attempting the race this weekend. But he's not a regular. I, he's not a regular. Right. I'm just yeah. just saying he's attempting the, the Cup races. He's going to be a second car for Starcom Racing. And so he's uh, he's in his 50s. I'm not exactly sure his age. But, yeah. So Derek Cope, if he makes the race. Go, which Derek. Should, which he should because there yeah. won't be 40. Yeah. So, okay. We're not gonna- <laughs> we love racing. We love NASCAR. We do. 
I know sometimes it seems a little negative, but it's only out of love. That's correct. We love N1. <laughs> oh, Dan. All right, well, for Dan Elliott and Eric Von Hessler, I'm Doug Turnbull. Thank you all for tuning in to us today and spending some time with us, and we will talk to you next week after Dover.